The only thing that stopped Mardi Gras was a global fucking pandemic. That's wild. That's the only thing. World wars, um, um, you know, (laughs) racial strife. Man, uh, economic downturns, or you know, just flat out depressions. Yeah, none of that stopped Mardi Gras. The only thing that stopped Mardi Gras was a once in a fifty lifetime global pandemic. Insane, insane. Never experienced anything like all of that stuff before. And the, it's weird because everybody was happy. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I mean that that's that that's obviously part of the deal because it's a three and a half week long party. But I would think that a lot of that comes from Mardi Gras being canceled for, what was it, two years? Yep. Yep. Two years. It was the first one people were, were back. Yeah. And so, shockingly, there were only two shootings and two deaths. So, wow. Yeah. yeah. Everybody's like, oh my, oh, my God, the city's going crazy, you guys. The city's going crazy. We had two people killed. Like, no. That's not. I mean, it's not. You would good. normally, you would normally have two or more people killed, or at least shot yeah. on Fat Tuesday alone. The yeah, fact like, that there was only two people killed uh, during the entirety of Mardi Gras. Yeah. You know what that sounds like to me, Marcus. That sounds like progress. There you go, baby. That's how we spin that. <laughs> <laughs> As if you couldn't tell, we have already started the latest <laughs> edition of your favorite podcast. Indeed, it is Quality Hang. I am Rod Brooks. And as always, I am joined on this podcasting adventure by a very tired yeah, boy. king of New Orleans, Louisiana. Ooh, he is Marcus Osborne. What's up, man? How you doing? Dude, it's great. Like I said, it's great to be back talking to some some real people and not <laughs> some sober people. Yeah, <laughs> and and not have to pretend like I'm happy to see folks. Yeah, you know. How well, it is. I I I just have to let you know I am doing this show topless the, uh, nice. in, in spirit of Mardi Gras. I, I'm I'm <laughs> I am showing my boobs in hopes in hopes to get some beads. <laughs> oh, all I want are some beads. Shockingly little nudity. What? Whoa, whoa, hey, whoa, listen, listen, hang on, hang on, hang on. (laughs) I am all for growth. I am all for evolution. It is nice to know that with Mardi Gras ramping back up to its uh, pre-pandemic, global pandemic state, it's nice to know that people were happier, seemingly less violent, and and as we mentioned, uh, there were only uh, only two deaths this year. But you telling me... Yes, sir. ...that there was less... Nudity, yes. Bucket nakedness at Mardi Gras this year. No, this can't stand. Yeah, this I... cannot stand. Matter of fact, there should have been more nudity <laughs> this year. Should have been riding. Uh, yeah, I was very surprised. I, I think I saw maybe three, maybe three, three women. I see any dudes, three women walking around naked. And I was like, well, this is kind of disappointing. That's not the Mardi Gras I fell in love with. Kind of disappointing. That's, 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 no. No, 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 no. Absolutely. Mardi Gras is about getting drunk, having parades. Yep. And being butt naked. You would think. (sighs) Maybe it's me. You you know what? You know what? I blame, I blame the woke culture. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I blame the politically correct culture that is running amok in this country god damn it mardi gras was built (laughs) on people showing skin for plastic trinkets and now here we are in the year 2023 of our lord 
and we have people uh, uh, poo-pooing uh, nudity at Mardi Gras. I can't. No, nah, man. No, nah, you know what? I blame Joe Biden. That's that's it. That's what it. That's all. That's finally we done got down to it. It's blame Joe Obama. Biden's fault. Blame Obama. <laughs> blame Obama. It's the go-to blame. We're going blame old Obama. school. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> I'll tell you what. <laughs> Nothing carries more currency during that three-week period than those goddamn beads. Yeah, man. It's it's wild, isn't it? It is. It's and I mean, you can literally walk around and pick them up off the ground, <laughs> and yet people will still take their clothes off if you throw them to them. It's insane. Like <laughs> but you could just pick them up off the ground. Like, no, throw them to me. No, I want to show my boobs. Right, 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 right. <laughs> now, now, um, it's that's wild to to see that in action as an adult. Imagine it when you're a 17, 18, 19-year-old kid, wow. as I was wow. for my first Mardi Gras experiences. I, I, I could not believe <laughs> what the fuck I was seeing. Is this easy? Oh, my God. Yeah, exactly. I should just bring bees to school. <laughs> <laughs> if, it was it was a literal life changing event for me. If I if I hadn't had that experience, I would have never in my life thought about spending an extended amount of time in Louisiana. And you know, it's it was it was definitely a a, a first time experience for me in that I saw it from um, the, the inside. Point. The vantage point from the bead thrower and not the bead receiver. Right, right. So right. I was up there on these balconies and wow, that's the sea of humanity. It, it's one thing to see it ground level. It's another thing to be above it all and see, holy shit, look at I, all I, I will reiterate once again, it, it is something that it, it, it's, a, it's a bucket list experience. It should be for people. Yeah. If you have the opportunity to go, go, because there's nothing like it in the country. And other than Carnival in Brazil, there's nothing like it on the planet. And it's interesting <laughs> you say how different the experience is from being on Bourbon Street in the quarter where there's just a sea of humanity. You literally can't see the street. There are yep. people from 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 front of building on one side of the street to front of building on the other side of the street. And right. you are at the mercy of the crowd. Yep. You don't you don't determine where you want to go. Mm -hmm. You go where the crowd takes you. And it is it's disorienting yep. and at times scary. But you get enough hurricanes and hand grenades in you, <laughs> you just kind of go with the flow. But when you're up on the balconies, and yeah. we've all seen the shots of, of Bourbon Street, and you can see how there there are it's it's they're basically two story, uh, ridiculously old buildings, mm -hmm. and on the second story there are balconies. Man, when you get access to those balconies, yeah, Mardi Gras is an entirely different experience it's wild how 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 much of a difference 20 feet makes for real dude it is it's insane it looks like i mean you it, it really is like being caught up in a current yeah yeah it really is like being caught up in the current and the other interesting thing is at midnight the cops come through and they clear them streets hey man let me tell you something them new orleans cops on them horses and nothing to fuck with. Don't get it twisted, okay? You, it takes a lot to get a New Orleans police officer's attention during Mardi Gras. Yep. But when you get their attention, and the number one way to get their attention, other than pulling out a gun and trying to shoot somebody, is to pee on the street. 
When yo, you get yeah. that cop's attention and he he says to that horse, he does that 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 clicking with the mouth, yeah. and that police horse gets to stomping and kicking your ass. Ooh, boy, you don't want none of them problems. Yeah, boy, it, it was it's an interesting thing to witness. They clear out those streets, and then twenty minutes later, everybody back on the They're streets. They're all back. Got to clean the streets. <laughs> Got to kind of clean the streets. The sweet street sweepers come through. They get all of the detritus and uh, drunk people off the street. And the next thing you know, everybody back to Mardi Gras again. I, I just, I, I know we've talked about this for the past few weeks, but Marcus being in New Orleans, yeah. uh, I mean, you know, he, like I said, he's got that insider perspective. Folks, if you have a chance, go. We're not yeah. steering you wrong on this. Yeah. Absolutely go and experience it. But Rod, make sure you get out before Fat Tuesday. Rod, you need to come on back out here. Before, I do. Before I do. you get too old to experience it. I do. I do. It's hey. Also, it's also different from an from a, from a old man perspective. Well, you know what's also different when you got a little when you got a little bread on you too. Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> yes, I, I, my my Mardi Gras experiences were were uh, were the experiences of a broke college student. Yes, sir. Mardi Gras experience when you got a little change in your pocket. Yeah. Kind of nice. Yeah. Kind of nice. Yeah. And, and I we had to, I try to warn people like you know it's. There's gonna be some pickpockets out there. So oh yeah, 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 yeah. You gotta yeah, make yeah. sure you can be have some people lose their get their phones snatched. I'm like, yeah, you can't yeah. just walk around with your phone in your loose jacket pocket. No, you can't be taking pictures, all that stuff. I know we <laughs> we want to document everything with our phones because we got these television studios in our pockets. But it is New Orleans, and and and, and you know Bourbon Street first quarter shady. They oh, they looking man. to roll tourists. You got to keep your head on the swivel. Yes, they come to town to cross crime. So you get yourself- oh, without a doubt, without a doubt, <laughs> without a doubt. Let's uh, keep the episode rolling, shall we? We uh, we kind of do it free form, but when we do get some structure, we like to kick off the episode with uh, what's happening in the world of the game of life, if you will, lifestyle. Yeah, dude. I mean, to, to, this is a, a completely opposite sort of feeling is. Uh what went down in Florida uh, just a few days ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, a journalist was killed there. A young journalist, TV reporter, this guy named Dylan Lyons, 24 years old. He got killed in a, yet another mass shooting. Guy gets a gun, kills kills a few people. But the wild part is it I, they don't know for sure, but it looks like he may have been targeting journalists. Shot up a couple of uh, shot up a couple of TV vans, and uh, yeah, this young man was killed. And it's uh, this one. So my homegirl Luana uh, uh, Munoz, mm-hmm. she used to be in the Abja Bay Area Black Journalists Association. So she worked in Oakland and San Francisco. She was a member there with us. She took a job in KC, and then she took this job in Orlando. And I actually saw her on TV. Uh, there's a clip of her reporting this shooting and she's just breaking down and losing it because she knew this young man she worked with this young man and uh you know it feels like we just beat this drum every week but this kid was 19 years old he got a gun and got loose and wiped some people out and yeah i mean it's girl as well right (laughs) it's it's literally an everyday occurrence um and just and people aren't (laughs) shocked anymore and Mm -hmm. for for journalists to be either um 
part of the collateral damage of our obsession with guns and gun culture in this country or for journalists uh, to be targeted as yeah. they seemingly are on an alarmingly, uh, increasingly alarmingly uh, basis is, is, is troubling. And, you know, out here in the Bay Area, um, journalists have been targeted not for their lives yeah. yet, thank goodness, hope yeah. never, but they've been targeted for their, their gear. Yeah, um, it is a very regular occurrence, not just here in the Bay Area, but around the country. But um, I, I'm only going to speak on what I know of uh, in the Bay Area. Uh, TV journalists will go to cover a story and they get robbed yeah. on the regular. Yeah. There have been a couple of times where guys have been robbed, not necessarily on live television, but they've been robbed um, while while taping a segment or yeah. whatever. And you could easily uh, Google uh, um, and find videos of this, but you know, cameras, television cameras are very expensive pieces of equipment. You know, thirty thousand dollars and up, um, and journalists are being targeted for that and other pieces of very uh, expensive um, news gathering, photojournalist equipment. Yeah, and you know, they are seen as soft <laughs> targets, but. I know here in the Bay Area, uh, a few television stations, if not the majority of them, have started hiring armed guards yep. to go with them in certain places here in the Bay Area. Yep. You know, they're, they're not doing this in, in Ross, in Marin. Yeah. But unfortunately, if you're going to Oakland, if you're going to Richmond, if you're going to certain places in San Jose and other places here in the Bay Area, uh, they are going, uh, these uh, television news crews, they are going with uh, an armed security guard, and that's where we are, and it's wild. Yeah, I uh, I firsthand saw some of that happening when uh, when I was back in the Bay Channel Two. Mm-hmm. Um, they came to do a story on the Starline Social Club, and they actually sent a, a, a team out, and they had to have an armed guard. Heck, there was um, God, I want to say just a couple of years ago, somebody was out in the field and the guard was shot. And I can't remember which station it was, but they was they were out in the field and the guard was shot. It's, it's weird, man, that, it, it, like you said, there's increasing uh, animus towards journalists just doing their jobs. I mean, I think a lot of this has been fomented by politicians um, sort of shitting on journalists and what they do and making them, call them the enemy of the state, et cetera. And I think it just makes them easier targets. Uh, so many people, the rhetoric against journalists has gotten to be so violent and so nasty. You can't help but expect this thing to start to happen. No, no, you, you're right about that. I mean, clearly, and I, I won't mention his name, but we, we know the, the politician in particular you're speaking <laughs> of that has uh, built an entire career yeah. um, out of demonizing journalists. I, I will say this, though, and this is probably going to come off to a certain extent like victim blaming, and it's not what I'm doing, but I'm just pointing out something that is, um, I believe, real and legitimate. It, with the exception of, and I'm not going to mention any, any names or specifics, but with the exception of a couple of, of news channels here in the Bay Area, Local news 
in the Bay Area and around the country is has 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 turned and become sensationalist trash. And when you talk about the erosion of trust between the community and the media, <clears throat> when you have and and I'm not talking about Channel Two here in the Bay Area, but specifically Fox and Sinclair uh, oh. uh, affiliates around the country, oh. they they will go into mainly, if not exclusively, communities of color mm-hmm. and sensationalize the 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 stories. Many of them, if not all of them, exclusively crime stories. They will go into these community of color communities of color and they will sensationalize. Yeah. The news, most of it, unfortunately, violent news yep. coming out of these communities. And yep. this has been going on for decades. Yep. yep. And it has, over the course of these decades, it has completely and totally turned the, 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 the residents of these uh, uh, impoverished neighborhoods, it has turned them against the news. Because yep. something bad will happen to a member of the community. And then these news, the, these TV news stations will come in, these local stations will come in, and all they want is the sensational, if it bleeds, it leads story. Yeah. Yeah. They don't care about the citizens. They don't care about the who, what, when, when, there, and why. They want to get the weeping mother or the weeping family member. They want to get the outrageous yeah. uh, 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 <clears throat> a person who saw it all, and they can tell them you know, exactly what happened or close approximation to what happened. And then they want to do their stand up and they want to get the hell back to their comfortable uh, uh, news studio and then report on we have a tragic story, you know, coming out of the Cabrini Green projects. Yeah. I don't know if they're still standing in 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 on the south side of Chicago. Yeah. Well, hey, man, you do this for 20, 30 plus years. Yep. The people in these communities are going to now in 2023 see these these TV news stations coming and going. We don't want these motherfuckers here. Yeah. We don't like these people because we know what you have done to us and what you're going to do to us. That doesn't mean these people, the the the, the reporters and the the photogs should be robbed. It doesn't mean they should be harassed. It definitely doesn't mean that they should be physically or even verbally assaulted, but I can really understand why yeah. certain people in certain communities do not see particularly local media outlets, local TV news outlets. You don't see them as allies because a lot of times they ain't. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, that's actually a pretty good point. This is, uh, this is part of how news has changed and I'm not saying it's all bad, but it didn't used to be, something that was done for ratings. It didn't used to be something that was done for profit. And just like you said, about 35, 40 years ago, making profit off the news became a thing. And I think, uh, now I think, I know that uh, Fox News was the leader in this type of thing. Oh, we can make money off this news as entertainment? Well, let's go. And this is well documented that, you know, over the last 40 years, News has become something where you made money off of. It used to be something where the networks in particular, locally also, but the networks in particular, they expected to, to lose money on news. They were not expected to make money. They expected to lose money on it because it was not something that was there for profit. It was there for the public good. And again, it just goes how far we've fallen in terms of how we view what we 
how we view the news and how we view what we think people need to see and why they need to see it. Yeah. 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 News is supposed to tell you what's going on in the community. It's supposed to be a reflection of the community. It's not supposed to be uh, a a drain on the community. And we, we, we all need to, you know, kind of do a moment or moments of self-reflection and go where, you know, where we fucked up, where we, where have we gone wrong? Uh, because the state of, of, again, for the purposes of this conversation, the state of local news in the United States of America. I mean, it's, it's hard to watch at times. You just, you see, it's exhausting. It's oh my God. And I mean, you see the people, the, the people who are doing the, the, the anchoring and the people who are doing the reporting and what they're reporting on. You're like, man, it wasn't, it didn't used to be like this. There was gravitas in local news. Man, you don't have that gravitas like you used to anymore. Yeah, you just it, don't. And I'm not saying the good old days were great and they were perfect because they weren't. Yeah. But it's not better now. Yeah, I don't. And, I, and as long as there's money attached, and it's, yep. they're going to be like, yep. you know, they're going to, there's a race to out bloody one another. There's a race yep. to out crime each other. I mean, yep. there, there, there's, there's been studies that talk about, literally talking about how they, how these local news stations, Literally go out there, just as you said, have entire segments about purely about crime mm-hmm. because that's the stuff that's I don't know what we, we've had this conversation before. Something about negative stuff really sucks people in. Yeah, I mean, it's well, you know, was the reason we slow down to look at car crashes. It's human yes, nature. Sir. Yes, sir. And, but we, we shouldn't be basing journalism on on what intrigues our innate human nature we just you know we we shouldn't um you know what let's move on to something that is uh illuminating something that is positive and uh a world that has absolutely no flaws whatsoever (laughs) it's perfect in every conceivable way and that of course is the world of sports because nothing and i mean nothing ever goes sideways in the world of professional sports nothing other than russell wilson Maybe tried to get his coach fired. They know maybe about it. He definitely tried to get Pete Carroll fired. But here's where Russell Wilson fucked up. Hey, man, Pete Carroll is as um, he's a resilient old dude. There's a reason that Pete Carroll is the oldest coach in the NFL. There's a reason that Pete Carroll went to the University of Southern California, resurrected that football program. And then got out of the University of Southern California without anything happening to him. But the school and its players, most notably Reggie Bush, oh, they had to deal with some of the bullshit and the fallout. But old gum-chewing, high-stepping Teflon Pete went right from (laughs) USC to Seattle and has kept that job for two decades. And Russell Wilson thought because he was Russell Wilson that he was going to get Pete Carroll fired. Nah, dog. You're yeah. dealing with a dude that's on a whole different level than you. Yeah, and it's weird because Russell Wilson, man, he, he, the, the old image has taken a beating the last couple of years, dude. Mm-hmm. This And it's funny because this is a cat who at one point everybody thought was sort of Mr. Mr. Perfect Tom Brady-ish. And they, I don't know how much of the stuff we hear about him is real. I don't know how much of it is like personal vendettas. I don't know, but all I, I do know is where there's smoke, somebody's getting burnt the fuck up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know he he's he's a certified weirdo. He's a flat out certified weirdo. And I don't I don't I don't 
This is going to sound stupid. I don't necessarily mean that in a bad way, but I, I know f- from personal experience that professional athletes and the higher uh, up on the food chain, they, this athlete has ascended, the quirkier that athlete is. And again, I don't mean this in, in, a, in, a, in a purely pejorative, negative way, but you, 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 you don't become Russell Wilson if you're not, if you're not a weirdo. Mm-hmm. You don't become Tom Brady if you're not a weirdo. There's a great piece by Wright Thompson at uh, and, and ESPN.com. I would encourage everyone to read about Joe Montana. Oh. Joe Montana is, and again, I don't mean this in a negative way. Joe Montana is a certified weirdo. Joe Montana is, is, I mean, he hasn't done anything to the best of my knowledge. He hasn't done anything bad or yeah. harmful or yeah. hurtful. Yeah. But he's a certified weirdo. And, you know, I'm, I'm using two examples here in Brady and Montana, you know, two guys who are really up on that food chain. Yeah. But, I, but it's, there, there's not that big of a difference between Russell Wilson and Tom Brady. Yeah, you're talking the difference of six Super Bowls. Yeah, you're talking one guy is basically beloved and Tom Brady, the other guy, and Russell Wilson, we're calling a certified weirdo. But I'm just talking about in terms of what they've been able to accomplish in yeah. their lives. The, the, you don't get that far doing what they've done in athletics if you're not quirky and just a flat-out weirdo. And Russell Wilson is just a flat-out weirdo. I will say this, though, about homeboy. The man got Ciara. Yeah, I mean, his wife was tight. He got himself a certified baddie. He got himself one of the all-time bad sisters. He came so up. I say to Russell Wilson, you blanking weirdo, I'm always going to tip my cap to you on that one, my brother. He came up. It is interesting Woo. that somehow, some way, and this is I think this is always fairly interesting to me, how – how different some of these cats are in terms of how they deal with their teammates. Because Tom Brady, clearly kind of a dickhead, but his teammates love him. Yeah. Russell Say, Wilson. Joe Montana, his teammates love, love him. him. Love yeah. Him. But with Russell Wilson, who seems like a dude who's just trying to do the right thing all the time, teammates don't seem to care for him very much. Yeah, the, the, the talk has always been, and I, I've gotten this from people who have um, – have played with him, been in that orbit. Yeah, he's 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 seen as disingenuous. Yes, and and the one thing in sports, uh, particularly in professional sports, the one thing that will get you um, drummed out, the one thing that will always uh, get you some negativity. You could be a cheat, you can be an asshole. Yeah, but if you're a phony, nah, man, people ain't gonna rock with you. They're yeah, not going to rock with you. I've heard that stuff too, man. Uh, there's a, there's an interesting thing that happens with Russell Wilson where cats are just going, yeah, he tries too hard. He tries too hard. Yep. He tries too hard to be down is what they say. <laughs> I, mean, yep. I mean, yeah, phony. Yeah, it's inter- it is interesting. I mean, Michael Jordan, they, his teammates hated him. But they knew who he was. And then on the other hand, <laughs> and, and, then, and then what people will say is, well, that's how you win because he was a fierce competitor, so he had to be – well – Magic Johnson's teammates loved him, and he was every bit as fierce. World-class asshole. Don't let that smile fool you. Same with Isaiah Thomas. Well, we know Isaiah's a world-class asshole now. Maybe we knew it then, but world-class asshole. World-class. Kobe, did I mention Kobe? World-class asshole. Kobe, same thing. It's just really interesting how your teammates 
take to you. How mm-hmm. some of, some of them will have the same sort of underlying characteristics, but teammates love this guy. Teammates can't stand this guy. It's yep. it's an interesting phenomenon, I think. And you know what? And but let's go to a guy that is still doing it. He's hurt right now as we we tape this, yep. but he's still doing it and still doing it at a high level. And you haven't heard a negative thing about him. And it seems that he is perfect in every single way the dude has not had one single solitary misstep oh steph curry yeah yeah like russell wilson wants so badly to be as beloved as steph curry but steph again who is a god-fearing man he's very public about his faith just like russell wilson steph curry is 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 a guy that that you know, clearly has an image that that is thought of to be, to use a catch-all term, squeaky clean. Yeah. But you haven't heard anybody say, "Nah, man, that dude's phony," or "No, nah, man, he's he's not like this." Right. If anything is said about Steph, it is, if it's as good of a person you think he is. Yes. He's better. Yeah, dude. It's it's almost eerie that I have never heard anyone from inside that world say anything bad about the, exactly what you said. Nothing. No, no, he's actually exactly that and probably more. I'm like, holy shit, really? Even dudes whose asses he has kicked yeah. on the basketball court have nothing bad to say yeah. about him. The, 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 the dudes who want to hate him so bad, you know. LeBron, Russell Westbrook. LeBron Russell wants to hate him so bad. Exactly. It, but he's got to give it up. Russell Westbrook, I'm sure, when he closes his eyes, he sees way too much Steph Curry. You had heard Russell Westbrook say not one negative thing yeah. about Steph Curry. And Kevin Kevin Durant, it got to the point where he was like, I can't beat this dude, so I might as well kick it with him. I mean, I know yeah, I'm, 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 I'm simplifying it and being a bit hyperbolic, but my point still stands, yeah. is that Steph has not had not one misstep, and you can't find out one person to say one thing bad about it. Yeah, I'm actually, that's actually a pretty good call, and I'm like, I'm still like, it can't, I'm still like a little bit suspicious, but that's just me by nature, but I feel like in this uh, perfect example, remember how we all thought Kirby Puckett was just the perfect dude? Oh, sure. And then you find out, oh, this dude is beating up his wife and shit. Like, yeah, Kerber was an ass. Yeah, you find out all these things like, oh, my God, I feel, like, so used. But, th- but these days, that couldn't happen. Mm. It's too easy for people to find out stuff about you, which is why my thing with Steph is so interesting because if there was some bad shit about him, we'd have heard it. The only bad thing that's been said about Steph has been recently is that he uh... – did not want a low income housing uh development yeah. near his property. Yeah. In, uh, the very ritzy Atherton, California. And yeah. I say to that about that, hey man, there's a reason people move to certain places. <laughs> it's just because they god damn it, they don't want people near them. Well I, and, I can't I can't blame the man for that. And I, I mean listen Think about this. You're one of the most famous human beings in the world, and you're definitely uh, probably the most famous person in the Bay Area, and you want to have not even low income, even if it was just regular old condos. Why the fuck would I want all those people there to be looking into my shit? Like Man, I, I just paid privacy. $30 million for this house and property. you damn right I want some privacy. Yeah. <laughs> 
I would never be. And, then it, and people are like, oh, he's just another rich guy. No, man. Yes, you're yeah. right. He is. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this dude wants the privacy. Like, you think he, he can't just walk out his house. <laughs> he can't just go to the stove. <laughs> he's just some uh, some rich dude that don't want people. Yeah, that, that that's precisely what he is. Yeah, just, just, <laughs> let a brother live, man. Hey, at least he ain't pretending that he's something different. Yeah. I respect that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, shit. I I know. I mean, I know that if I was Steph Curry or Tom Brady or you know Michael Michael Jordan, one of these guys. I would want my shit to be private too. Absolutely. Oh, so there you go. There you go. Keeping it to your yard with cameras and flying helicopters and drones nah, and nah, your nah. shit. Nah. Come on, man. So, so there you go, Steph Curry. That's what we found out about it. <laughs> Steph Curry. Steph Curry is a NIMBY. He wants Steph private. Curry is a, a not in my backyard uh, type uh, type homeowner. And I say to that, I, I mean, yeah, hell, wouldn't you be? Um, another. All-Star game has come and gone, yeah. and the usual um, belly aching has yeah. happened to people going, oh, my God, the All-Star game. Yeah. What's wrong with it? Oh, yeah. it's, I mean, it, it, listen, it, it was – it was. I watched it. Yeah. Um, it was not a good show. Um, but I am one of the people that don't take it all that seriously yeah. because, well, it's a meaningless exhibition. Yeah. And if the players don't take it seriously, why should I take it seriously? I do find it uh, interesting that players place so much value on being named an all-star, yet when it comes to actually playing in the all-star game, yeah. they seem to place no value on the game. Yeah. I do find that hilariously ironic. But that's all I find it. I don't find it upsetting, and yeah. I don't find that it needs to change. If anything, you can – all these all-star games, including the Major League Baseball all-star game, the one that is the closest approximation to a real uh, game, uh, they can all kick rocks. Uh, yeah. It's just marketing. It's just for kids. Uh, but I do think the, 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 the recent um, lackluster effort by NBA all-stars is the, – the, the chickens are coming home to roost – this was one of, if not the lowest rated all-star game of all time, just a combined audience on TNT and TBS of a shade over 4 million viewers, 4 million. Mm. There are over 330 pe million people yeah. in, uh, in the United States. Um, so the, the, the all-star game is, is, is lifeless, uh, worthless to a certain extent. Uh, it, if if it's truly valuable, something needs to be done. I, I I think that we all just might want to take a chill pill and just realize that um, it ain't that crucial, man. It's, it's not, just not that crucial. It's not at all. It's an exhibition game. That's all it's been. That's all it ever has been. I mean, it probably meant more in years past because there was so much money riding on it because players didn't make as much money as they do today. Mm. So you wanted that all-star game check. <laughs> And it's a prestige thing, too. You get that title of All-Star. You want that. But ultimately, yeah, why are we getting so pissed about this thing? Like, who who cares? Who cares? Let them play the game. It's fun to see guys do goofy shit. It's like watching the Harlem Globetrotters game. You, you, you know you're not going to get anything but a show out of it. So, it's fine. If, if they really wanted to make it competitive, they'd figure out a way to make it competitive. I will say this, though. I... I, I... I'm not a big fan of the person that I'm going to mention. I, I respect what he 
was able to accomplish in, in his career. Uh, I understand why people vibe on him, uh, especially now, um, because he's received, you know, deity-like status, unfortunately, because he's no longer with us. He's, uh, he's you know, to a certain extent, a basketball martyr. But if, if, if Kobe Bryant was still alive, it definitely, he, if he was still playing, All-Star games would have looked like what we just saw not yeah. too long ago where there was zero effort, where you would just there, – there's one picture of – it was one-on-one between Brown and Tatum. Mm. And there's a still photograph. Again, you can easily find it. Yeah. Of those two guys engaging in a basketball-related activity. And then on the weak side of the court, literally on the other side of the court, all away from the ball, eight other dudes were standing there, some of them with their hands on their hips. It's just it's it's a bad look. Yeah, I promise you, if Kobe were playing in that game, them dudes wouldn't have been doing that. I bet you, if Kobe were still with us, <laughs> he'd say he would about shame it. those. He would one hundred percent say something about sure it. would, and that would get those dudes moving. I'm not saying that it would look like Game Seven of the NBA Finals, but it definitely would. Those dudes put more in emphasis in playing at the Rucker. And playing dude, summer league pickup games they do. Uh, they, they than they did hard. in the All Star game, and that that's the part that I could see people getting truly exercised yeah. about. Because as I said earlier, you, players place all this value on being named an All Star. Yeah. Yet when it comes to the actual game, you place no value on that. That that is that 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 is pretzel logic. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Man, that is so that's so right. I'm I thinking the same thing. Like you, these cats play. Play hard to pick up ball. Yeah. Play hard. And but they get out there in an all-star game and they like, yeah, you know what? Your turn. You go for it, buddy. Let's give you 70 points in this game. Like it's gonna happen. And if they're gonna do that, why don't they just try to score 200? If they're gonna do that, why don't they just make the all-star game first to 200? I would like to see 200 points scored in a basketball game, even if it is a worthless exhibition. But if you're gonna treat it like that, then damn it, let's just try to make the pinball machine go tilt. How many points can you guys score over the course of a somewhat regulation 48-minute basketball game? I'd love to see uh, it turn into a one-on-one tournament. That'd be fun as fuck. Whatever. I don't care. Or just not play it. Just give the dudes a week off um, and manage the season where you have no more back-to-backs or or cut some games, which I know they won't. But just don't do the All-Star game. How about we just – we after a year or two, we won't miss it. Yeah, I, I think it's not something that will uh, hurt anybody feeling that they're not playing it other than having that week off. I do think, you know, here's where I feel kind of bad for players, and this is a different subject, but um, all the talk about load management, et cetera, it, I think it sucks that the players get the blame for this as if these dudes are lazy and they don't want to play it. But these aren't, the, these aren't their calls. For the most part, these are calls made by the medical staff and the coaches based on science and based on the things that they know about the human body. It's the reason I am sure that it's the reason that a guy like LeBron James can play till he's 38. Like he is 28. Well, here's why I don't buy that fully. You mean to tell me that if Kevin Durant wanted to play and they told him he couldn't play, Kevin Durant's not going to play. I, I get it's I get that it's all based on extending the athlete's ability to play. I get that it's all 
making sure that these guys are as healthy as they can be for the playoffs, which is the most important time of a basketball season. I get that it is based on science and and data. I get that load management is done with the player's health in mind. I get that it's altruistic. Mm -hmm. I'm not buying, especially a superstar player, being told by a trainer or the medical staff, hey, you know what, we crunched the numbers and we don't think you should play. Do you mean to tell me that if Steph didn't want to play, he's not going to play? I, I just, I'm, I'm, I, I don't buy that fully. Well, There's, the the players have far too much power in today's NBA, as we've seen them wield uh, when it is convenient for them to wield. I've, we, they have way too much power for them to be told by a trainer, the numbers say you shouldn't play today. Yeah, no, but- I, 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 I get. I think the players are using the, 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 the medical staff and the data of these teams. I think they're using them as cover to say, "Well, what do you want me to do?" Like, come on, man. I, I'll tell you this, and this is what I know about the Warriors. Y'all have gotten two owners bounced out of the league, and Robert Sarver and and whoever the creepy old guy was that owned the Clippers. Y'all got them two dudes bounced <laughs> out the fucking league. But you mean to tell me? That if a trainer says you shouldn't play because the data says we need to manage your load, all of a sudden you guys are like, well, what am I supposed to do? That's what the trainer said. Like, well, get the fuck out of here with that. Yeah, but, you know, the one thing about basketball, the one thing that coaches and GMs control is playing time. And it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you say. If they don't, You really think they control in Kevin Durant's playing time? Oh, yeah, 100%. Mm, I ain't buying it. I ain't 100%. buying it. I, I, and, and I and I based that he like, just engineered a, a trade to the place that he wanted to go but Rod, before the en- season started. Right, engineering a trade is not the same thing as saying I'm playing tonight. Like, how is he just going to get him get on the court if they say no? I don't want you to play tonight. And, and what, so, what is he going to do? He's just and gonna so go the to coach game? is going to say I'm not going to play my best player. They do it. All, I I I saw Greg Popovich do this. I see. Well, that's Steve Greg Popovich. He, wait, wait I, easy. That's I see Steve one of them, not the greatest coach of all time. I see Steve Kerr do it. I mean, I, I've heard Steph Curry say, I want to play. I don't want to be held out. I've heard Clay Thompson say, I want to play. I don't want to be held out. I want to play. And I've heard Steve Kerr say, we have to do what's best to take care of these, these players. I don't think that this – I don't – as a matter of fact, I know that Steve Kerr has talked about one of the reasons that he does it. And he, he, he admits that, like, listen, I know people don't like it. I know it, it hurts. I would rather there be a shorter season. But it, for us, it's just smarter to have these guys not play X number of games every year. No, I understand that it's smart for them to not do it. What I'm not fully buying is that the players all of a sudden just throw their hands up, especially superstar players. I'm talking I'm talking the dudes that they yeah. just throw their hands up and go, ah, dog. But LeBron, what do? wait, 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 wait. LeBron broke the scoring record before yep. the All-Star break. Yep. There were two games, I believe. I know yep. it was two, maybe three, definitely two games after he broke the record before the All-Star break that he didn't play. Yeah. Because yeah. But after you broke the score, what, were you fucking tired from playing basketball? Like, he didn't play because they, they played the Warriors mm-hmm. after that, if I'm, if I'm remembering correctly. Yep, did. He didn't play. For two games before the All Star break, 
after breaking the scoring record yeah, but by simply playing basketball. I, I but didn't he, on, but, man. but didn't they take him out of the game? He broke the scoring record in because he he hurt his ankle. Didn't he injure his ankle in that game and they ended up pulling? No, him no, 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 no. They no. He played. Didn't he play that entire? No, he played that whole game. No, because they lost. Or no, he didn't play the whole game. I thought they took him out. I gotta look. I gotta look it up. I think they took him out of that game early. I have to look it up. I thought they pulled him out though, um, and they lost it's, that it's, game it's, too. Yeah, yeah, because the Lakers are good. My yeah. point still. My point still stands. Come on, man. It's, yeah, it's, I, 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 I get that. I get why they're doing it. I'm just. I'm not buying it fully that the players are just like. I, what do we I, do? I. I think some of them are using it for cover because if they don't have to do it and they're not going to get shit for it, then they're just like, ah, eh, well, I'll just go with the flow. There's no reason. To uh, to rock the boat. I think that there, there's probably, as with anything, uh, there's probably some of that for sure. But I think, generally speaking, uh, superstar. I think the league has decided that not the league, but these coaches have decided that this is the way we want to do things. They saw Popovich do it, and they fuck it, let's all do it. Uh, and and I'll I'll make the coaches compl- complicit on this too. I think the coaches are hiding behind that as well. Why, you know, what do you what do you want me to do? It's what the trainer said. It's what the doctor said. It's what the numbers said. If I run them out there and they get hurt, then it's going to get put on the coach. I just think it's a lot of CYA. I think it's a lot of ass covering uh, yeah. by by some coaches and some players. When when uh, we're just now in the age of load management, this yeah. is not something that's been happening for fifty yeah. years. Right. This is something that has only happened over the past really ten years. Right. I. I, I, I it, I'm just not buying it. I'm just not buying it. All right, I, I think we have uh, gnawed all the meat off of that bone. Can, can I shout out one guy? Of it's, course. It's a guy we know. It's a guy we love. Shout out to our good friend, uh, Mark Spears of uh, ESPN, ESPN.com and Anscape. I guess now we're going to have to refer to him as Naismith Hall of Famer <laughs> Mark Spears because uh, Mark, along with Holly Rowe, who is a, a fantastic uh, ESPN uh, satellite reporter doing basketball and uh, football. Uh, they were both named at uh, All-Star Weekend festivities in Salt Lake. Uh, they were both named 2023 uh, Kurt Gowdy Media Award winners. Uh, Naismith Hall of Fame Kurt Gowdy Media Award winners. So shout out to Holly Rowe and our good friend, literally our good friend, uh, Mark Spears uh, for Absolutely. that award. Uh, Mark, uh, before we talk about how great of a, of a person he is, Mark is a, a, a very, very good journalist, yeah. an ethical journalist. Uh, the, the, the stories he has, the people he knows, the yeah. things that he has seen, that is all due to the fact that Mark is a good person, a great journalist, and it, I'm so happy for him. I didn't know that he was up for this. Yeah. But the fact that we know somebody, dude, who's a Hall of Famer yeah. and he's the homie, he's Mark Spears. I I could not be happier for him. That's super sweet, dude. That's that's all good. Actually, I saw Spears um, about three weeks ago. Oh yeah. Yeah, he Spears and my uh, Gregory Lee. I don't know if you know Gregory Lee, but they came. Gregory Lee is a former president of NABJ. Yeah, uh, he wrote for the Globe for a number of years. But they they were both in town, and we went and we had. Uh, Drinks and dinner it was a pretty nice night. Good to see him. Good to see him. Yeah, man, how cool is that? Uh, it's just in market, you know. Obviously, is is uh, a. Uh, I mean, he's a basketball. He's a hoop head. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, it's 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 in oh, his yeah. blood. And just to uh just to see the homie be rewarded for a a lifetime of uh of excellent, dedicated, hard work and top notch journalism, I just could not be happier for him. So I just wanted to take a moment and chat him out on that. Because nice uh, it's it, it's an honor world uh, well deserved, and if I have to call him Hall of Famer, well then I guess I have to call him Hall. Of Famer. I mean, why the fuck not? <laughs> I'd want you to call me Hall of Famer. I mean, you know, if 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 a person who has a doctorate, even if it is a doctorate in, hey. you know, I don't know, tiddlywinks, if that person wants you to address them as doctor, well then, damn it, you have to address them as doctor. I God, guess I'm assuming God, it's the right. same thing with being in a Hall of Famer. Hell yeah, I'd want I'd, that'd be everything I signed. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> you couldn't get that shit off me. <laughs> Good for you, Mark. All right, let's keep this bad boy moving. What you got for us in the world of pop culture? Um, this is a really quick story. I just found it. I don't know why I found it interesting. I don't know why I'm interested in Ryan Seacrest, but the fact that he's leaving live with uh, Kelly and Ryan, I guess is what it's called. I, I don't... This is going to be like, as a matter of fact, uh, Ryan Seacrest used to be a DJ in San Francisco. He used mm-hmm. to be, be on Star 101. Uh, and before, you know, before he became Ryan Seacrest, he was at Star 101. But here's a guy, this is going to sound fucked up. Uh-oh. He's he's good at what he does. He's solid at what he does. But he's not great at anything, he's really good. I just, I don't know how many black dudes get away with being just really good, getting all the jobs. All the jobs. This dude gets every single uh, uh, high, uh, high, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Profile? Yeah, high profile gig imaginable. The Dick Clark stuff. He gets all the, the New Year's Eve stuff. Every single, like, how the fuck did he get this job on Regis and, well, not Regis, but Kelly and Regis is what it was before. I mean, he just keeps getting these big jobs. And he's got the production company. And he works all the time. And he's got his big old um, afternoon drive radio show that he still does. Props to him for busting his ass and keep continuing to work. But sometimes it does bother me to see this dude getting every single job and there's plenty of cats I know who are better than him at what he's doing and don't get a sniff of shit. I, so he, he seemingly is a hardworking fella. And yeah. I think even though um, <laughs> we, we are seemingly becoming more and more superficial as, as a culture by the day, I, I, I think that there is still value placed on hard work and, and clearly Ryan Seacrest embodies hard work or or working hard. I I have to say just from a personal level, I don't know if I've watched more than five minutes of Ryan Seacrest (laughs) content. I I just, I don't, I don't, I don't pay attention. I know who he is. Yeah. I can recognize his face. I know that he is ubiquitous, Mm -hmm. but have, have I, if I sat down and watched the old Dick Clark New Year's Eve? No, no. Have I, did I watch American Idol? Absolutely not. I didn't even know he stole on the radio. Am I was was I watching uh, uh, him and an old girl, you know, doing the show that you just mentioned? Yeah. Um, 
live with uh, Old Girl and yeah. Old Boy. That's yeah. what I call it. <laughs> no, no, I haven't. So, I, and so I, I just, you know, I, I, I have divorced myself of all things Ryan Seacrest. Not purposely. It's just, it's just not my type of hype. Yeah. Um. So I'm, I'm, I. If, if I said anything like ah, I don't like this guy, or whatever, I would be speaking for. I, I, I would be speaking ill of someone completely out of ignorance and i'm trying not to be that type of person i will say this i know who the black ryan seacrest is matter of fact there's two of them there's two of them because i because what i've been able to to, to gather is that i can't flip channels you know old school (laughs) channel flip when i see in one of these two brothers on my television screen michael strahan is one of them michael strahan is on yeah he's got the the uh the football gig, and he's got the Good America, Great America, uh, Good Morning America gig. Yeah, yo, and and commercials and what have you. Brother seems to be everywhere, and Steve Harvey. Steve Harvey, dude, God, them brothers, yo, man, oh. them brothers be all over the TV screen. <laughs> now, I guess if you put them together, they would equal one Ryan Seacrest, which I think speaks to what you were just talking about <laughs> in terms of Ryan Seacrest. Having all these jobs, it takes two brothers to make one Ryan Seacrest. And and I'm 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 being a bit, you know, trying to be funny here. But the two brothers always be on the TV. And when you combine that with Kevin Hart being on one of every three commercial shows in the United States, listen, man, <laughs> golly, I, <laughs> Kevin Hart, I can, I I open up my phone. There's Kevin Hart. Open up my laptop. There's Kevin Hart. Turn on my TV. There's Kevin Hart. Go to the goddamn airport. Kevin Hart is on something. Kevin Hart is everywhere. I don't know how he has managed to do this. I don't know how he's managed to do this. And he's a good. This is maybe he's the Ryan Seacrest. He's a very good comedian. Is but, he but you the know what though? Best it's, comic? it's he makes me laugh. Um, yeah. his, his stand-up makes me laugh. I haven't watched Kevin very Hart good comic. in a long time. I will say though, it's the hard work thing. I interviewed Kevin Hart. Way, way, way back in the day, not yeah. too long after Soul Plane came yeah. out, yeah. and he came by. I, I was, I was, I was doing the ticket ten fifty then because yeah. there's no way he would ever, they would ever have him on KNBR for <laughs> reasons. Uh, but he came by, and I remember him. He was, he, he was like, he's like, when I do a show, I make sure I get everyone's email address. And this is kind of when this when email was still in its infancy. Yeah. This was before social media. Yeah. But I remember him saying this. He goes, I get everyone's email address. And I, I and, and I forget exactly. It wasn't like he was sitting out a newsletter or anything. But it was based, what he was doing was he was just basically curating an audience. Yeah. Yeah. And he was doing it by one email address at a time. And I remember yeah. when he told me that, it's, it's not that it was like, oh, my God, this guy's doing something revolutionary. Because I didn't really understand what he was doing. But it was one of those things where it was just like... It, you, this guy wasn't just there, uh, like he was trying to build something. Yeah. And this is all the way back whenever Soul Plane came out. I guess yeah. it was like 99, 98, 99, 2000, whatever it was. He he was trying to build something all the way back then. And I yeah. saw it at ground level. I saw it at its infancy. So it's not a surprise to me that he is where he is right now because he was about that life from the jump. That dude works hard and he um... – He's, I've actually, I've had a few interviews with, I probably interviewed Kevin Hart maybe four times. And uh, each time, each time it's been a hoot because he's a fun dude to talk to. Mm-hmm. And there's one particular story. Um, uh, Apple, he was doing stuff with Apple. 
And so I got the call, and they said, Marcus, do you want to come and do a live Q&A with Kevin Hart over at Apple? This is in San Francisco. I'm like, yeah, of course. And plus, I was just starting to date my wife then, so I'm like, oh, I'm going to take her. She's going to be hell of impressed. So <laughs> we went to San Francisco. We did the Q&A. We started doing the Q&A. And this is, this, is also, this also shows you that some people just need to stay in their lane. So we're doing a Q&A, and I'm taking the, uh, taking the questions. I'm doing my interview. I, I would set it up where I ask, ask them a couple of questions. I turn to the audience. I let them ask a question. I pick somebody out. And so there's this one person. This thing, we probably do this for about an hour. And there's this one person. Dude keeps on raising his hand. He wants to ask a question. He wants to ask a question. And I, I don't go to him. I don't go to him. I keep going to other people. So Kevin Hart's getting, he, I mean, it's fake, man. He said, man, why are you treating that guy like that? You see that guy's been asking that question. He's been trying to ask a question for almost 40 minutes. I don't understand. Why are you not asking, why are you not picking on him? I said, I said, you want to ask him a question? You want him to ask a question? He said, yeah, that's the guy. He's, I can do your job better than you. It's okay. Yeah, the, the, the guy asked the question, and the, <laughs> the question turns out to be this weird Long, like three-minute diatribe about how what is he, what he does he think about aliens and the <laughs> idea that some celebrities are aliens and that there are things on the internet about you, Kevin Hart. <laughs> and, I, and then Kevin Hart looked at me, so you know what, you're right. I'm gonna let you do it. <laughs> and that was the end of that. It was so fucking funny, dude. Hey, listen. Word to the wise. We professional broadcasters. That's right. We 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 have this this sixth sense. It's innate within us where we can tell out of a group of people. Yep. We could tell who going to hit us with the weird ass question. Yeah. Okay? We yeah. can we can we can read body language. We can read facial expressions and and the number one tip off for you Marcus was the fact that he kept raising his hand. Yeah. He was insistent on getting it. Listen, anybody who's that insistent on getting a question out, that question is going to be bananas. Oh. <laughs> man, and he was and he was waving. He was like waving really yeah, hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, that's oh, a red man. flag right there, dog. Anybody who's just like who's doing the old Arnold Horseshack from Welcome Back Card like Oh, oh, oh. Don't call don't call on him. Like if somebody like you can kind of see the kind of you just have to read cues. You got to read body language. Yeah. And that works both ways. If you get somebody who's kind of shy, the question you know, I mean, it could be a dud, yeah. but, it, it, but it's not going to be a crazy one. But that person that you could tell that is from the jump insistent on getting a, a getting picked on to ask a question, you don't want nothing to do with that question. That's right. And then every now and then you you go, you know what, I think maybe I'll give this one a shot. And then more often than not, it bites you in the ass. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if it's better. not going well, you're like, I'll spice things up. I'll call yeah. on this crazy motherfucker and see what they got going on. <laughs> but if it's rolling and you got something good happening, nah, man, you lead them crazy people to their own crazy devices in their own crazy world. Oh, my God. Yeah, I just want, <laughs> I just want to bring that story up. <laughs> we, we, uh, we can close on this fun story if you want. Yeah, man, let's get to it. Wrap it up with some <laughs> randomness. So, uh, yeah, there's an 85, there's a retirement community in Florida. I'm going to need you to be a bit more specific, please. And <laughs> the place is called Spanish Lakes Communities. Okay, thank you. <laughs> and 85-year-old uh, Gloria Soros was killed by an alligator. And that in and of itself is not that shocking, I guess. 
But the fact that these guys went in there and decided to clear out all the Gators so that this wouldn't happen again, to me, is hilarious. Because from my perspective, old people and Gators shouldn't be in that kind of close proximity anyway. Like, what the fuck? What the fuck took them so long to figure this out? Why did they have to wait till grandma got eaten by an alligator? Got rid of any more threats to the residents. Now, I mean, I so not only do I know about the story, I saw the video. <laughs> I didn't see grandma get eaten by the alligator. <laughs> but I, I saw the video, and again, you can easily find it, yep. of the alligator. She was walking a dog right by a, yep. a lagoon in yep. Florida, which, by the way, you're asking for trouble. I don't care if you 85, 58, 28, 18, or 8. If you are walking, man, especially with a snack-sized dog <laughs> near any body of water in Florida, then you are asking for this prehistoric creature to do what it has done for millions of years, Dude. which is to emerge from the fucking depths <laughs> and try to eat the snack-sized dog, or if it has to, yo ass. That's so, right. It's, it's so it it does seem like okay. So grandma made a dumb decision, and now all the gators got to pay. It does seem like when you know when when something happens in the black community, yeah. and all of a sudden they got to round up all the brothers because yep. well, you all fit the description. That's so it. I say. Free all the gators down at, what is it, Sunshine Oaks? Free all the gators down at Sunshine Oaks. We stand in solidarity with you as I raise my fist. And no one can see because this is an audio medium. Anyways, you can tell I'm very exercised about this. Uh, because, um, and we talked about this on the last podcast. We, we there, There's a lot of, of anxiety out there right now. And there's a yeah. lot of uncertainty because there's a lot of things happening. Okay, you you got gators being round up that ain't had nothing to do with <laughs> with, with with the situation. You got Chinese spy balloons. Man, you got look. unidentified flying objects over Alaska and the Great Lakes. You got train derailments uh, that are happening se uh, seemingly on a daily basis. But as far as I'm concerned, Marcus, as far as I'm concerned, the uh. most frightening thing is that America's zoos are unsecure. <laughs> we talked about this on the last podcast. Yeah. You, had, you, you, you had the monkey napping in Dallas. Yep. You had the, the, the zoo break-in in Houston. Yes, there was, a, there was an owl at the Central Park Zoo that had its enclosure cut, and mm. that owl escaped. That owl is still out there in the mm. wild doing owl-type shit. <laughs> and now we have another one. <laughs> because in St. Louis, for the second time in a Come month, on, man. Come on. a bear, a bear has figured out how to get out of its enclosure. Come on, man. And the bear was just roaming around the zoo in St. Louis like, what's good? I'm out. I'm, I'm out here. I'm out here in these streets. <laughs> gentle, gentle Ben the bear is out here. You know, oh my I, I, God. I heard the bear was rocking a, a, a St. Louis Cardinals cap and had a Band-Aid <laughs> under his eye. It was going full St. Louis. Marcus, man, we, the zoos in this country, it's a fucking free-for-all. And I know you don't see what's happening on the TV. Now you got bears doing cocaine. Hey, we, 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 as, a, we as a people, we need to come together. We need to fix this before yes. the animals take over. Yes. We, worried, we worried about the Chinese 
and we worried about the aliens? No, man. No, dog. You don't need to worry about them. You need to worry about animals getting a taste of freedom or like the gators in Florida, oppression. Yes. They gonna fuck us up. They go Yes. Guard your grill. Guard your grill. I'm I am fascinated by this zoo thing. I am absolutely fascinated. Yeah, and will I continue to talk about this on a weekly basis as long as animals are either escaping on their own or being helped to escape? Yeah, best believe I will be talking about this on this podcast as, on a weekly basis. As you should, because there are questions to be asked that no one seems to be giving answers to. Why is this happening? Just, why, why? We, we're going to mess around, and instead of being proactive, we're going to be reactive. Yep. We're going to be like, oh, my God, the animals are out. Let's kill them all. Like, no, we, we, sh we should have thought about this before we got to this point. Just fix the locks. Yeah. Fix the locks. <laughs> just... God damn. <laughs> Get some ring cameras. Get some nest cameras. Get some all ring right? cameras. We, I mean, these, these are very simple fixes to a problem that is getting worse by seemingly the day. Jesus Christ. Christ. <laughs> so there you go. You've been warned, America. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. And on that note, uh, as you can tell, Quality Hang, not just the name <laughs> of the podcast, it's 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 what we do when we get together. Indeed, it is a quality hang. Yeah. And we hope that you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed doing it. Uh, you can follow us on all of the socials, and you can email us at qualityhangpot at gmail.com. Uh, maybe you have at your local zoo a very lax security situation. <laughs> Let us know about it. <laughs> Facts. Uh, my brother, uh, it has been a long three weeks for you. Yeah. Why don't you get some rest? I'm going to do that, bro. I'm going to definitely do that. But make sure the animals at the uh, Audubon Zoo are, because I mean, I, I can only assume that an animal at a New Orleans Zoo is a is a special kind of animal. I need to get over there. I haven't well, been there in probably ten years, man. They keep your head on a swivel. Yeah, for real. Check <laughs> these locks. <laughs> Next thing you know, a puma, is, right, is crunching through your skull plate. I mean, hey, y'all, are the locks good here? Y'all got the locks? locks good? <laughs> so, what's the security uh, situation here at the Audubon Zoo? Has anybody, has anybody done a thorough security? That's right. When uh, was the last time monkeys got out? <laughs> Oh boy, you know what? Here's a uh, here's a joke that I probably shouldn't do. Be careful who you ask that question to in New Orleans because yeah. they could give you an answer that <laughs> would I set off a fist fight. So yeah, you know, just say it. Uh, my brother, let's do it again next week. How about it? Let's do it. All right, all right, everybody. Uh, take care. Be good, or at least be good at it. We'll see. Mm -hmm.